The Thread is a new hit podcast from Ozzy Media that explores history's surprising connections in order to discover how one thing leads to another. Like how movie moguls in early Hollywood helped spark the Me Too movement today. Get it on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Let's move on to the Shroud of Turin, an incredible piece that truly hasn't been authenticated where a lot of people think that it could be the imprint of Jesus when he was put in the tomb. You think yes. otherwise. What do you think? That's, that's the claim. And, and I, I came on this scene all those years ago, now about uh, half a century ago, uh, really looking into things like that. And the shroud was ultimately something I settled on as a project that really needed to be looked at by serious science-based skepticism. And, and most of the skeptics were just dismissing it. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's a, just another a, just another silly relic from, you know, the days where they used to fake uh, pieces of the Holy Cross and stuff. And and I saw that the shroud was of a different order, that it was uh, it was something and it was you know, it had an image, and it it looked uh, more or less realistic, and so forth. And I set to work, and I made what little reputation I have today. I think because of the shroud, I was I was the guy on the spot with that issue at the right time. Published my first book, and became uh, known to skeptics everywhere for that issue, and. Uh, uh, built built on that, and and I would just point out that um, just on the face of it, the shroud is contrary to the gospel account of John, which describes multiple and separate cloths, like a separate cloth over the face, and tying and binding, and a, a hundred pound weight of the burial spices, myrrh and aloes. Well, right, right, I, I could go no further, and we're, we're not talking about the Shroud of Turin, you see, which is a simple, single, draped piece of cloth and not a speck of these spices. If we go on, there was no history for the Shroud for 1,300 years. Where, where was it? And the believers now like to come up with so-called theories that, well, maybe it was hidden away, mm-hmm. and they try to equate it with the image of Edessa, but the image of Edessa was only a face cloth, and and they, you know they they really have to just uh, um, play games with uh, with history. Uh, it doesn't show up for you know as with real evidence for for existing until the middle of the 14th century, at which time a bishop reported to Pope Clement. Uh, and he is, his letter can be read, Holy Father, let me tell you what's going on here in my diocese. This is, this is just, you know, uh, he's why people are being hired to pretend that they're, uh, they're sick, and then they reveal this fake shroud to them, and they pretend they're healed. So that, this is an exact quote, uh, money might be cunningly wrung from the pockets of unsuspecting pilgrims. And he goes on to say that eventually... Uh, the truth was attested by the artist who painted it. But it doesn't it have a photographic uh, negative look to it? It does. It does. If you looked at the shroud image and then you looked at a 
photographic reversal of that. It's the photographic reversal looks more real and lifelike. Right. It right. puts the lights and darks more closely to a realistic-looking picture. And so it was said to have photonegative properties and and uh, to be miraculous. In fact, um, the lights and darks have to be looked at with a little more skepticism. Uh, in this scenario, the beard and the hair are white. Well, in a in a 30-year-old Sephardic Jew, uh, he would have had dark hair. So it's the opposite of what you would have expected. Still, the picture looks very good, but it just looks like a white-bearded old man if you look at the reversal, the photographic reversal. So what I found, to make a long story short, is that the lights and darks are exactly what you would get if you did an old-fashioned rubbing. You know how you take a rubbing from a gravestone? Uh, you, you put paper over it and you rub over, it. And you rub it over the stone. You'll, you'll get a... It'll hit the high, the, the high, the high, the high, high parts will be dark and the other parts will be light. And I showed that you could take a bas relief, that is a low relief, that would, would minimize the distortions, you know, eliminate the wraparound effect and so forth. And I began to make shroud-like effects that were, you know, according to skeptics, just incredibly good. The pro shroud people, you know, despised me and sputtered and claimed mine weren't weren't just quite right and uh, mine were too sharp and stuff. And I would say, well, you know, they're not 600 years old and they're they're not abraded, but uh, very very close. Uh, the final word on the shroud is really from the fact that it's uh, the Macron Laboratory found that the image was rendered in tempera. Uh, red ochre and vermilion tempera paint, um, and that uh, radiocarbon dating, which gives a date of uh, 1260 to 1390 range, and multiple labs did this, so it's very well supervised by the British Museum, very accurate. Uh, just the time, you see, of the forger's confession. That's a powerful fact. I mean, the, 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 if you just look at those two facts, we have a report of a forger's confession, middle of the 14th century. Why, why do they keep pushing the possibility of authenticity then? Well, I think they have a sort of three-point plan, as best I can tell. Um, if the shroud were authentic, if it were, let's just say it is for the moment, well, then Jesus was a real person. No mythology there. I mean, let's let's quit talking about him being some collective figure or some hand-me-down folklore. No, no, real a real guy. And secondly, that he looks just like artists had imagined he looked. Fits the typical, you know, um, portrayal of Jesus, and and has the blood stains, the wound in the side, and so forth. So it confirms all that. And number three, uh, if if it's inexplicable, if and this is a big part of what the pro people try to do with this photonegativity and other issues, they've tried to say it's basically inexplicable. This is the old argument mm -hmm. from ignorance I talked about a while ago, see? We don't know how it was made, therefore it's a miracle. It's the same old... Um, illogical bait-and-switch 
And so they're hoping to convince you that it's miraculous right. because we don't know. If it's a fake, fact. though, they did a great job with it. Well, it, it, it is It is really, a, a, you know, a good workmanlike piece of, it's a good piece of work. There are a number of mistakes. My book, Inquest on the Shroud of Turin, of course, George has has details these mistakes, but but they're very good. I mean, uh, you know, just uh, the blood is still bright red. Uh, um, you know, there there's contradictions in parts of the anatomy, and there are things. The hair, for example. Um, if you if you look next time you see a picture of the shroud, notice how it looks like the figure is standing upright, and the hair is hanging down on either side of the face as if the figure were standing. Whereas if if the figure were lying down, the hair would splay out. And, and there are just lots of things like that. And the blood stains look like they're neatly painted, like little picture made rivulets painted with with a brush. And in fact, real blood and and uh, the famous medical examiner, Dr. Michael Biden, uh, maybe maybe America's most famous medical examiner, he was on my research team, and, and he pointed out that real blood would have soaked into the cloth and spangled and run among the fibers. It wouldn't have left little pictures of of uh, the blood or, or imprints of, of the blood. Uh, dried blood would have left nothing, and the other would have, you know, stuck to the body, uh, soaked into the cloth, and so forth. So once you once you really go over it with a skeptical eye, it, it's just miserably mistake-prone. But if you start with confirmation bias, in other words, you just believe this is the Shroud of Our Lord, and then the test is, if you can find a way to make something seem authentic, then you just count it with no more questions. And if it doesn't appear to fit, you just dismiss that on some pretext. Joe, is there a need? Explanation. Is there a need for people? Is there a need for the human mind to have miracles and wondrous things like the Shroud of Turin? I think so. I mean, I I think certainly if you look back to our ancient ancient ancestors, of course. They didn't understand so much that we do as to what's in the sky and how things worked, and things were just supernatural. I mean, you could see them, someone who they thought was dead would come back to life. Well, my goodness, today we would see how that could be explained. But uh, the, the, the need to explain is powerful, and so... You, you make up explanations. Well, they're supernatural beings. They're invisible beings. They're, there's a God, and, and uh, he's in charge, and they're powerful forces. And those, those things fill in for we don't know. And uh, I think that's, that's very, very human. But um, science is, is a different mode, and, and if we're voting, I'm going to vote for science because it's powerfully explanatory. It just the things that can be explained today that that were not explainable a hundred years, two hundred years. The further back you go, the more science looks just utterly remarkable. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at one a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.